0: so
1: to the Agent Slumber Podcast, show number 20... Oh, fuck me, what number are we? 24? 24, I think. I think it's 24. That'll do. We'll say 24. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Agent Slumber, show number 24. My name is Chris Ward, and as ever, I am joined by Myron Schmidt. How you doing, Myron? Good. How are you, Chris? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just going to double-check the numbers, because I'm doubting myself <laughs> now. <laughs> I should figure these things out before I start. But There we go. Oh, God. But technology is ganging up on us today, so we're lucky to have started at all, really.
2: Hell, I think we're lucky. I've gotten out of bed today.
1: No, oh, bad as that.
2: Well, I mean, it's for here. It's a time change.
1: Oh, you got your time? Yeah, we got ours next week, or week after, something like that. Last weekend in March, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I get up on Sunday and look at the, what London time is, and see where I'm at.
1: Oh, I don't know. It's, it's only to help the farmers out, isn't it? I don't, know. I don't get it. Anyway. So, Mr. Chris, what have you bought? What have I bought? Ooh. Have you bought anything? You're flying straight in there, aren't you? What we've been buying. What we've been buying. Do you know what? I don't think I have really. Nothing worth mentioning. Seriously? Let me think, let me think. Um, oh, I did buy, on Blu-ray, the original King Kong.
2: Ah, you did. Yeah, that's uh, out because of uh, the new one. Huh?
1: Yeah, it's one of these, you know, premium edition Blu-ray DVD download copy.
2: When you say original, is that
1: the black and white one? Yeah, the 1933 film, yeah. Which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, absolutely love King Kong. And uh, yeah, so I thought I'd go and buy a blue. i had it on dvd anyway but i thought i'd upgrade it to a blu-ray because i'm gonna go and see kong skull island this week oh very nice which i am really looking forward to so uh yeah i bought that and i just i don't know i haven't been buying much because i've been trying to save my pennies because arrow video are having like loads of box sets coming out over the next few weeks
2: (laughs) are they the one doing the pieces box set that looks like it's in a leather case or is that someone else
1: uh, they are doing pieces, yes, in the box set with the soundtrack CD and all that, yeah.
2: Yeah, I know they got a Phantasm coming out.
1: Yeah, I have actually reviewed uh, the pieces Blu-ray already, but uh, I haven't submitted it yet. Ah! I may gotcha. say more about it when the review's gone live. We'll keep it Mum's the Word. Mum is the Word, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, loads of stuff coming out, so I haven't really been buying much. Um Yeah, so King Kong is the one that springs to mind, and...
2: That's, I honestly cannot think of anything else I've bought. You know, what's funny is I, I uh, picked up a few films this this stretch. God knows why, but I did. Go on then. Picked up Arrival on Blu-ray, which if you've not seen it, is really good. Arrival? Yeah, it's the, the Alien one.
1: I don't think I've seen that.
2: Oh, it's really good. It's really, really good. Is that an older film, or is it a new one? Or... No, it came out uh, last year. All oh, right. No, I haven't seen that one. And then I bought a few films. Guess what? You'll never guess what style. Uh, Shit style. (laughs) Uh, I bought, picked up Wolf House at Walmart. Wolf House at Walmart? That's the name of the film? Well, yeah. I don't know. It's called Wolf House. I purchased it at Walmart. Huh? I also purchased uh, Embedded and Operation Avalanche, both found footage films. One is a Bigfoot found footage. Of course it is. Have you ever seen a movie, have you ever seen a film called The Dirties? No, I have not. How dare you ask? (laughs) It's also found footage. Of course it is. Operation Avalanche is the guy's second. Kids' second movie, really, I should say. Very
1: young. Oh, what are they, like five-year-olds with a camera?
2: <laughs> Sometimes you wonder. They rounded out things with a couple of Marvel purchases, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I hate Strange. that
1: film. What was the second one, sorry? Which one? I hate Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh Doctor Strange. Oh, I haven't seen that. Did, why? Didn't like it. Bored me. Didn't give a fuck about it.
2: It's a... It's, it's a... It's an odd one, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it gets it gets a lot of love, and I don't really get why. Quirkiness, I guess. I don't know. And I know a lot of people didn't care for Doctor Strange, but uh, I, I really enjoyed
1: it. I haven't seen that one. Oh, I may get to that one if it crosses my path. But I'll be honest, I really don't give a shit about Marvel anymore. <laughs> so it would not interest you that I'm going to see Logan this week. Oh, Logan, yeah, but that's not Marvel Universe, is it? That's Marvel by association. I don't
2: know. I honestly don't know where the basis for that story is, but I'm going. Oh, uh, no, uh, Logan, uh, Logan, I will uh, I've pre-ordered the Blu-ray already. Oh, nice. Nice. I've been spending a lot of time at the movie theaters lately. Cinema, I guess you guys call it.
1: Oh, I thought you had a court injunction about that.
2: No, 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 no. They allowed me back in. All I right. just cannot wear trench coats. Ah, I've seen Cure for Wellness, Split, and Get Out already this year. So, I've get got, out already? Know. What's that one? Yeah, the, the movie Get Out. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's gonna be one of those shows. God it's Elm. gonna be one of them. <laughs> you bet it is. And we gotta talk about the shitstorm that is Nightmare on Elm Street later. No, happens. don't, don't reveal you. Don't reveal all yet. <laughs> so that's what I've been buying. I've been on a little bit of a spree.
1: Oh, a little bit of a spree. You know, very nice. Every once in a
2: while, you go on. Ah, yeah
1: yeah. Ah, lovely. Okay. Um, you can do us a favor. Can you get a bit closer to your microphone? How about now? Because your voice sort of comes in, then goes out again.
2: That's because I keep leaning back, sorry. Well, don't. I won't. <laughs> okay, are you ready to do some good, some bad, and some ugly? Yes, let's do some good, bad, and
1: ugly. Okay.
2: <laughs> right then, what have you watched that's good? A um, couple of things I want to talk about. The first one is a short um, that I caught as part of a compilation anthology The anthology was entitled The Void, but the short is entitled A Bird's Nest. And it was directed by Catherine Chen. No, Christine Chen. Sorry, Christine. Right. It was one of those that you kind of you start watching it. You're you kind of get sucked in because it involves kids. And then you think you know where it's going and then it takes another turn and you still think you know where it's going. But out of left field, it takes a completely different turn. It gets ultra weird. It's got a lot of horror themes, but there's absolutely no blood at all. It was extremely well-directed. I was extremely engaged. And if anybody gets a chance to catch The Void, I know in the U.S. it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's coming this way very shortly, The Void. I, I, I think the uh, the collection is very good. It's got a pretty good hit-to-shit ratio. Uh, but I was really taken by the bird's nest. Now, now, granted, you probably could see the plot coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I wasn't paying attention. I was kind of fucking around on my phone. And then all of a sudden, I just got sucked in. And it, I didn't get into my try and predict where it's going to go. And I kept thinking to myself, yeah, I know where this is going. I know what's going to happen. I know it's, it's obvious. It's obvious. Then it took a left turn. And I'm like, holy shit.
1: <laughs> so let's get it straight. You're watching a film about kids and you were getting sucked off on your phone.
2: <laughs> Did I say off? Oh, no! Uh,
1: well, God. I'm just, I'm, you know.
2: I, mean, I know am a... Someone could walk I'm into
1: a... that conversation and, you know.
2: All right, Gore Blimey, just
1: enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I could never Gore mind. Blimey was sucking you off on your phone. <laughs> no, God help. No. This is how rumours start, you know.
2: Yeah, I know. Oh, God, I know. I know. <laughs> we'll talk about things that'll make that even more comical later.
1: Yes, yes, indeed we will.
2: Oh, right, yeah, my good was Near Dark. Ah,
1: yes. The Bill Paxton. Yeah, we lost Bill Paxton uh, a week or so ago. And uh, so I thought, well, everyone's going to be going on about aliens and, you know, to- uh, not totally called true lies and all that sort of stuff. So I thought I'll go back to Near Dark. I haven't watched that for a while. And uh, yeah, it still holds up. It's still a fantastic vampire film.
2: I never saw that movie until very, very recently. Someone else mentioned it somewhere along the line. I'm like, huh, Near Dark. Never, never heard of it. Never saw it. Mm. Holy shit. That was good. I didn't see it for
1: the first time till about, oh, 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. I think Anchor Bay put out a two disc DVD over here. That's when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw it at the time, but, um, no, it is very, um, that sort of late 80s, slightly dreamlike sort of style to it, which I quite like. Yeah. It's yeah. You've got Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen and. You almost can't go wrong with that. With that, and what's the guy's name who plays the dad? Tim Thomason. I yep. like as well. yeah it's just it's a great film at least lance hendrickson wasn't wearing a white shirt no this like, is true he wasn't ed holly <laughs> yeah. i watched it because obviously bill paxton passed and so i wanted to sort of uh watch one of his uh staple performances and uh yep. yeah fantastic fantastic he will be sorely missed i went ahead and watched frailty i love that
2: movie i don't know that i've seen that what i'm sure i have but i just can't remember it the axe named Otis, where him and his two kids kill people who they think are demons.
1: Yeah, see, it rings a bell, but I just can't it's place got, it.
2: It's got Stacy Keach and Matthew McConaughey, Bill Paxton. Well, they, you just sold that to me on that alone, to be honest. But um yeah,
1: I, it's one of them titles. I know the title and I know the premise, and I'm sure I've seen it, but I just can't picture it. So I may have to re- yeah, seek it out and give it a watch or a rewatch.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Didn't I, did Paxton direct that one? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know.
1: don't know. Something rings a bell. Anyway, yeah. Okay, yeah. I shall make a note of that one.
2: Yep. Okay, what's your bad? I don't know. I got one more good. I oh, watched, another good. Go on, then. I watched... Uh, here's the thread between my good and bad. is I watched a movie called White Coffin. White that Coffin? I was, I was really quite impressed with. Okay. I believe it is an Argentine director that did it. And it was kind of a paranormal life and death choices kind of movie. Um, extremely well done. Very well done. Very engaging. Really, really like. it. If you get a chance to see White Coffin, you should go see it.
1: Okay, I don't know that
2: one. Who directed it? Hang on, let me call it up here. It is directed by Daniel De La Vega. What else has he done? Uh, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, oh okay, yeah, okay. Because you're
1: going to come back to him in the next bit, yep.
2: Yes, but overall, I think uh, definitely worth a watch.
1: Okay, white coffin. I shall write that down. Well, I have to write it down for the show notes. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> Go on. Then give us a give us a bad.
1: A bad. My bad is a film called Snuff Movie. God, that sounds. It's not snuff. The video nasty from the early eighties. Right. Or right. Late seventies. This is from the early two thousands. I think it's about two thousand four, something like that. I found this in my local Poundland, but don't let that put you off. No, I picked <coughs> picked it up.
3: <laughs>
2: <coughs> you, you're, you're right. You're dying back there. Uh, I, I've got the bubonic leg. I'll be fine. Okay. I picked it up because either, either, got, either that or consumption.
1: Oh, that'll do. Well, we're all consumers in a way, aren't we? Anyway, yeah, snuff movie. Picked it up. Obviously, the, <laughs> <Go> tit- <ahead. laughs> the title sort of appealed to me. Snuff movie sounds a bit sort of video nasty-ish. It's directed by Bernard Rose, who directed Candyman, and it stars Jerome uh, Crab or Jerome Crabbe. Sorry. The uh, Dutch actor who was in uh, Living Daylights and a few other bits and pieces. So, you know, okay, this looks okay. Oh, fuck me. What a pile of shite. (laughs) Honestly, it's a weird sort of it begins with a sort of Manson-esque slaughter in the late 60s of this film director's wife and friends and all that. So, you know, a bit close to the bone type stuff. Yep, gotcha. Uh, the, the director played by Jerome Crabbe, who, amazingly, they've gone back to the 60s and he looks about 30 years older. I don't know how that works. And then, uh, it shifts to present day and he's sort of, he's auditioning young actors to make a brand new film and they're basically left alone in this house and there's cameras filming everywhere and, uh, people start dying and it's supposed to be his psychosis and it's an absolute load of fucking wank. And it even uh, cost me a quid. If it didn't cost me two quid to drive back to the shop to fucking take it back. (laughs) So that went on Music Magpie, I can tell you. That went straight out the fucking door. Absolute load of shite. Don't bother.
2: (laughs) I will not bother.
1: There's even there's tits in it as well. Just to sell it to you. Tits and blood. Loads of tits. Loads of nudity. And even that was just dull and crack one out of that. Fucking hell. No, it was absolute absolute garbage, even for a quid. (laughs) That's
2: funny. That is absolutely hysterical. And
1: I do believe our friend Blue bought a copy from her local poundland and pretty much said the same thing as me.
2: (laughs) Help us all. Yes. Oh, I have to make a correction, sir. Mm -hmm. You are correct. I know. Bill Paxton did create direct frailty. Yes, I thought he did, yes. It is not stacy keach it was powers boot
1: oh yeah easy to mistake the two though yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. so anyways okay yeah it, does, <laughs> it still rings a bell so yeah Yeah. Stuff. god you know i would have made the same mistake as you yeah well
1: the trick with poundland what i've discovered is because they have shelves and shelves of dvds if they've got loads and loads of copies of a film then it's probably shit because nobody's buying it right so if they've only got one copy of a film in there, you think, oh that's interesting, they've only got one here. Maybe they sold all the rest. Maybe it's good. <laughs> that's the weirdness that I think. And I was wrong. But that's true. Well, you'd like to think so, but yeah, I was wrong. No, actually if you see it in your pound land, just fucking don't bother.
2: <laughs> not even worth not even worth a buck fifty, huh?
1: It's no, not even worth that. I think I'm getting about twenty pence back for it from Music Magpie when I sell it and that's fine for me. I'm eighty pence out of pocket. <laughs>
2: Song. Oh, so my bad is a movie called Necrophobia three D. Some people call it just Necrophobia. That title alone just sells it to me. That, oh God, that directed by the same guy who did White Coffin. Okay, which is why I watched Necrophobia. Yeah, makes this sense. This is just a god awful mess of a movie. Oh, it is so horrible. It, it just—it's it, supposed to be a psychological thriller, murder mystery about a guy who has necrophobia. Then in addition to necrophobia, he also is supposedly hallucinating his half brother or his twin uh, brother who just died, and he kills a bunch of people. It's just stupid. That sounds familiar, actually.
1: I'm just looking it up because I may have seen this. Oh God! What does the poster look like? Oh, it's necroph- a guy in a like, like a not it, necrophilia, necrophobia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't seen that. No, I thought it was something else. No. Okay.
2: Yeah, because the, t- the title just immediately says I'm to I'm little, a little worried about you. Why that? I, I'm some, I, Well, because you're thinking maybe it's necrophilia, you you have both necromantic movies. Well, that's
1: what I was that's thinking, see, necromantic, that type of thing, you know, nothing like that. Oh, God.
2: No, 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 no. Oh. Mind you, necromantic is still a shittier movie than this, but... Get out! Not by a long shot, you know. Oh, man. I can't believe you said that. Yes, I did, and we'll continue
1: to say it. Let's do a necromantic show. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, We could do Human Centipede well, and Necromantic. <laughs> double feature. Oh, Jesus. Uh, how about an ugly, Chris? Okay. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I watched King Kong, 1976. Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, I've seen this one before. I saw this one when I was a kid. Like I said, I love King Kong. Um, I don't... It, to be fair, it wasn't as terrible as I remember it being, but it's still over two hours long and it's still Rick Baker in a monkey suit. You would have thought by the 70s we could have done a bit better than that. Oh. And I think everybody involved in the film thought they could do a bit better than that. It, yeah. And I actually learnt last night off uh, off my friend Steve Green that um one of the board of the Academy in the US quit over King Kong winning a special effects Oscar. Well. Do you blame them? That that was exactly my reply. Oh,
2: I have uh, I have seen that movie once and only once. And that was at the theatre in 1976.
1: I mean, to be fair, it wasn't as bad as I remember it being. There were little bits of it I sort of enjoyed, but you're enjoying it on a sort of ironic level rather than actually enjoying it for what it is. And because it is shit, you know, you, you get a little flash of Jessica Lange's tits, which is obviously most welcome. That's the best bit of the film. Yes. Uh, Jeff Bridges is. He might have been, might have been drinking at that time. I don't know. Well, I'm drinking, smoking, doing whatever. But, yeah, it's just a bad film. It's a really bad film. But it's also enjoyably bad at certain points. But I put it in ugly just because it looks like a pile of shite. You know, you could, the the scaling of the models to the actors and all that sort of stuff is just, it's bad. I'm hoping that Skull Island would put all that right for me. I hope so too. It looks pretty
2: good. I got to tell you. Yeah. I've seen the previews
1: in the theater and it looks pretty good. It does. Luke Owen from Flickering Myth came out and after watching it and said it was the second best film he's ever seen after Ghostbusters. So. Wow. High praise. And if it isn't that good, I will have words.
2: Yes. Yes. With him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No pressure. None. None at all. Right. What's your ugly? Oh boy. What was this? Let's file this under the category of what was Mike Flanagan thinking?
3: Um, Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ouija, Origin of Evil. Ah, that's the second one, isn't it? Yes. I I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of script he was handed, but this whole movie is just an absolute mess. I saw the first
1: one and thought it was shit, so I didn't bother with the second one.
2: Well, don't. Uh, This one is, it's a mess from start to beginning. Um, You can see some Flanagan-esque moments, but um, not even he could save it. Isn't he down for the new Halloween film? Rumors that he's attached to it. Hmm. I think so. I don't know anymore. Okay, but um, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't waste your time. I I wouldn't anyway. This is another one I was glad I didn't buy when it came out. Yeah, kind of like The Conjuring Two. I was so close to buying it. (laughs) Then don't remind me. Don't remind me. You know, I'll just kind of wait. Maybe I'll catch it on a streaming service. Fifteen fucking quid I spent on that. What, dude? I know. What a. That movie was a joke. Hello! <laughs> God, help us. It's terrible. Ah, oh,
1: dear. Yeah, yeah, not one of my finer moments.
2: No, 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 no. It's, uh, yeah, Origin of Evil. Just, just say no, kids.
1: Just say no. Righty-ho. Talking of just saying no, <laughs> as I wish certain people had, should we move yes. on to our main features?
2: Yeah, let's go ahead and do that.
1: Let's go into this. Right. Let's begin with. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5 The Dream Child. Ooh, let's play a trailer.
4: His mother was a God fearing woman. Ah! His birth was an unspeakable horror. Please don't let him do that! His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. that is going to change because Freddy wants to become a daddy want to make babies
0: what's wrong with me you just a little pregnant
4: even if he has to adopt
3: do no! unborn babies dream
4: when it comes to chills
3: it happened while i was awake
4: when it comes to screams that
0: part just starts. When it comes to pure terror... Boom,
3: appetite!
4: No one delivers. Like Freddy. Better buckle up.
3: All right, Kruger. This time it's for capes!
4: A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. The Dream Child. It's a boy! When it comes to terror, remember,
1: Freddy knows best. Right then, Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child from 1989, directed by Stephen Hopkins, starring Robert England, Lisa Wilcox, Kelly Joe Minter, Danny Hassel, Joe C. Lee, Clarence Felder, and Noble Craig. That's a funny name, Noble Craig. Anyway. Oh, he's just, he's just a stunt person anyway. But I just saw his name and thought it sounded cool.
2: Right! You know, and, and, uh, you know, just to comment on Stephen Hopkins, he's, he did Predator 2 and he did a a nice film called Ghost in the Darkness. Yes. So, you kind of think,
3: alright, maybe, maybe. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll get into this. There's a bit of discussion here. Synopsis. Pregnant Alice finds Freddy Krueger striking through the sleeping mind of her unborn child, hoping to be reborn into the real world. Oh, well, fantastic. Right. Now, before we delve into this, I want to confirm you'd never seen this before, had you? Correct. OK. Is that the same
2: with six, seven and eight? Have you seen those before? Six, seven and eight. I hadn't seen any of them except the remake.
1: The remake. Well, I call it number eight. But yeah, right. you've seen the Yeah, that's what I thought. you would seen the remake, but you hadn't seen the last three. Brilliant. These are the shows I like when you haven't seen these. Because I want your opinion. I want you to lead lead the charge and tell me what you think. What preconceptions you had going in? Did it live up to them preconceptions?
2: Did it not? What went wrong for you? What went right for you? Go. Well, but most of the preconceptions I had centered around the fact that most people can't stand the later movies. Okay. Um, most people think that, kind of like the Halloween, this shit the bed after number
3: three. <laughs> okay.
2: So I went in with that preconceived notion, but I I tried to. I battled through. So in the fourth movie, we have flaming dog piss that does a resurrection. (laughs) Yeah, I repeat, flaming dog piss. I'm just saying, flaming dog piss. Yeah, because we were both fairly lukewarm on part four, weren't we? So, so you know, at the end of four, supposedly they've they've conquered Freddy again. So as you anticipate, there's going to be a resurrection. Well, they just bypassed that. They just said, "Nah, forget it." What we're going to do is we're going to work on the premise that an unborn child is dreaming, and that is how Freddy Krueger is attacking an unborn child dreaming. That's how Freddy's attacking.
1: Uh, unborn children do dream
2: apparently. They they, they do, and but again, do they ch- do they dream of this? <laughs> <laughs> unborn children dreaming that Freddy can attack. All right then. I wrote on my notes no resurrection but a rebirth god help just there's a note here that says someone send help <laughs> it, here we get a little it, it, here we get a little hint in the opening scene where we get a nun trapped in a, a house of crazy inmates or an insane asylum yeah now i have to say this this asylum The only thing that rivals it is Hogwarts Castle in the outside shots. Did you ever notice
1: that? Yes, there is a very gothic undertone to this film. Uh, You've also got to remember, this was the same year that Tim Burton was doing Batman. And that was also tapping into sort of gothic construction and things with the the look of Gotham City and all that. So I think it was fairly sort of in the
2: zeitgeist, that look. But did you see the castle? I mean, yeah, really, really. The only thing you could compare to is Hogwarts. So this one might have been nicer. (laughs) <laughs> so that was a little that was a little bizarro yeah but again it's unborn babies dreaming so this alice person somehow is experiencing freddie in everyday life so did was uh, it is it the concept of a baby dreaming
1: about freddie that sort of puts you off
2: yeah no because i mean i know that fetuses dream sure no problem i can get on board with that but 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 really about
1: freddie well, if you look at the bigger context of the of the series, you know the idea is that if you stop thinking about Freddie, you take away his power, and he can't get through into the real world, which is sort of what Alice and Dan and the characters from Part Four have done. So he's got to come back somehow, hasn't he?
2: Well, no, he doesn't. But apparently, well, he does because they
1: got because Bob
2: Shay needs to make some money, so he, he has exactly. got to come back. Exactly, but it just it it, it wasn't well acted. You know, Freddy is in full stupid mode at this point. He's now turned into a, you know, wisecracking Johnny Carson, Ricky Gervais type of, of animal <laughs> versus a a, 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 you know, something that haunts your nightmares. He mm-hmm. becomes really the, the master of the one-liners. Um, and it just acting in this was, was really bad and the special effects were, were really bad. And do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I do. OK, and, and, you know, the only good thing is it showed a nun every once in a while <laughs> could have shown some nun boobs. I would have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> nun boobs. But, you know, but sadly, we you know, it was just uh the nun tried to direct someone to dig up uh uh somebody, her bones and lay them to rest. Hmm. Oh, which we sort of did in part three, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And we saw that radioactive dog piss brought those back.
1: Right. So you're not really that keen on this one, then?
3: No,
2: no, not at
3: all. Not okay. at
1: all. Okay. Let me provide a bit of context for, for my point of view on it, then. Oh, God. Okay.
2: <laughs> go, go ahead. Believe me, I'm not I'm not going where you think I'm going with this. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I will say this. Yeah. Both Necrophobia and Origin of Evil, Ouija Origin of Evil, were worse than this movie.
1: Okay. I sort of know that anyway.
2: <laughs> right, There you
1: go. Okay, like I said in the last show, I am the, the Freddy fanboy. Those first three films to me are still fucking magic, you know, and I'm lukewarm on four, but there you go, it exists. When this was announced back in the 80s, I remember reading about it, the new film, Freddy's going to come back through the dreams of an unborn baby. And being a sort of 12, 13, whatever it was at the time, I thought that was brilliant. I really, I thought, oh man, that's going to be really bad. You know, they have Freddie ripping out, coming out from the bodies of pregnant women. You know, <laughs> like he did in the part two when he came out of Jesse's bodies. Yep. Oh, right. they are. going to be brilliant. And at the time, in the town where I lived, there was a market and there was a guy on there who had a uh, a video stall selling VHS tapes. And I actually right. bought, the very first tapes my mum bought for us, the first sort of proper bought video tapes, were a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and 3, which she bought off this guy for like £10 each or whatever back then. And she was talking to him about Nightmare and she I remember my mum talking to this guy and he said, Oh oh yeah, he's excited about Nightmare on Elm Street five and this guy went, Oh, I've seen it. Right and he fucking hadn't they hadn't even fucking made it yet. It was just been announced in the in the magazines. But you know, you're young and you listen to people or whatever. And he said, Oh yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's Freddy comes back, he kills all these babies and that. Oh, it's really brilliant. It's the best one, it's best one. So I was like, Oh man, I need to see this film now. When I did finally see it, it was my birthday. And I'm guessing it was my birthday. It would have been my 14th, 1990. Okay. When it came out over here. Um And I had a sleepover. And my mum rented Nightmare on Elm Street 5. So we could all sort of, all the kids could sit down, sit up and watch it. And I, like I said last time, by this time I was starting to move towards the Friday the 13th camp of just, you know, slasher films and just general violence. I, I was, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 had been a bit silly and put me off a little bit. And I was moving towards Jason more than Freddy. And I watch this now. My opinion on this film hasn't really changed since the first time I saw it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's poor, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even oh. as a 14-year-old excited to have the new Freddy and show off to my friends and say, look, I've got the new Nightmare on Elm Street. And we put it on and we went, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and you were the targeted demographic at yeah. the time.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So what
1: (laughs) the first thing that puts me off about this film and there are there is some bits I like about it. I will get to the good bit. I'll be very fair and balanced about it. But the first thing that puts me off is the makeup for Freddy. It looks fucking awful. It's they're trying to make the character more accessible with the humor and the quips and the one liners. And the makeup seems to suit that. And it looks cartoonish.
2: Yes, it does absolutely agree
1: yeah it looks like those halloween masks you get from the corner store you know
2: yes yeah that that didn't pass first quality check for the good ones that's it that's it
1: yeah so i mean england robert england he, he's fantastic as always but the material he's working with is terrible if the story had been freddie is attacking through an unborn baby the dreams of an unborn baby i think that would have worked but we get a real confused garbled mess of Of Alice being pregnant, and there's a boy that she talks to in her dreams, but it's her son. But is it her son? Because how can it be her son if he hasn't been born yet? He can't be born yet, because Freddy hasn't been born yet. And if Freddy's not born yet, and all this crap goes on. Yeah. You you know what? You just hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. So you're sort of supposed to work out what's real, what isn't. And it's, it's a garbled mess of a plot. And, yeah, and it doesn't get any better. No. No, it doesn't. There's some okay. I, you said you didn't like the special effects. I think they're okay for what they are, but I think we are a million miles from Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street now. Yes, yeah. And we're a million miles from a Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and we're pretty far from a Nightmare on Elm Street 3. We can see Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Freddy, on the horizon, but we're still quite far from it. <laughs> you may be giving it too much credit. I may be giving it too much credit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe nostalgia plays into it a little bit. But um yeah, I mean the effects are very um the practical effects. I think they're quite well done, but I just think they'd be better suited in a Frank Henanlotter film. Yes, exactly.
2: Yes. It's that yes, it's we... that
1: if you look at Basket Case 2 and 3, it's that style of prosthetics.
2: We have gone from West Craven, Nightmare on Elm Street, to Frank Henanlotter territory. Yeah. There's no better
1: description. No better description. I will say this about Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Whenever I've bought the Nightmare on Elm Street films on a new format, part five is normally the first one I watch. Why? I do think it's quite a good-looking film, and I think that leap from VHS to DVD showed it off quite well, and I think the leap from DVD to Blu-ray showed it off quite well. So it's, so, it's like when you buy a live album from your favourite band and you sort of go to a certain track first to hear how it sounds live, you know. It's a bit like that.
2: All right, fair play then.
1: So I always go to part five and sing, well, let's let's see if the quality difference in the last format because it'll show up here. Because I do think it's quite a good looking film.
2: Okay, all right, fair
1: play to that. But it's nonsensical. It's stupid. The de- the, the films around this time were were butchered by the BBFC and this was a victim to it. And Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven also got a lot of cuts as well at the around the same time. But this was butchered, and I have seen the footage of. You know Dan's death on the motorcycle where the motorcycle melds into his body and he becomes a sort of Terminator type thing and it looks pretty good it does look pretty good but I don't think that's the problem with this film I think the problems really are in the writing and the fact that if you watch the the Never Sleep Again documentary they even say that they were building and taking down sets while they were shooting other scenes it was really on the fly this film to cash in on the success of part 4
2: and it shows and it shows it really does show
1: with more development and you know maybe something else could have been done with it but they were just cashing in on part four the t the the freddy's nightmares tv series had hit by this time as well so there was like a new audience so that's they were pandering to the mainstream way way too much yep yep yeah it's one of them things you know i i like the map paintings in like you said the gothic mansion of the um insane asylum I like the fact that we get that little bit of backstory where we see, you know, the nun being raped by, you know, a, a Robert England without the makeup on. So it's like, oh, that's, that's Freddie's dad, obviously. Yeah. That's okay. That's pretty cool. As a young Freddie fan, that was pretty good to see, but um yeah, <laughs> you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to finish this off. I must say on watching it on this occasion for the podcast with my slightly more critical eye, I had more fun with it than I did the last couple of times I watched it. Maybe because I've resigned to the fact that it's
2: never going to get any better than
1: just being shit. Do you know what I
2: mean? Yeah, maybe. And maybe I'm just having the first shit reaction.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. But <laughs> And to be honest, along with the next film as well, they're very much of a similar quality. So it's quite hard to differentiate the two. But I think on this occasion, I, I, this may be the worst one of the series so far. I'm going to say so far. Yeah, let's say so far, please. Let's say so far. I don't think the deaths, are the kills in it aren't particularly great. We've, you know, Freddy's not using the glove now. We're on full-on dreams, powers and magic and all that sort of stuff.
2: Yep, yep. I almost wish they would have res- resurrected the Dungeon Master. <laughs> yeah,
1: possibly. <laughs> yeah, there's a death in here where there's like a, a model who gets force-fed to death by Freddy. I think that's quite a fun death. Um There is a fuller uncut version available, which I think is probably better. Uh, it doesn't really suit the Nightmare Elm Street aesthetic though. You know, we know we're nowhere, we're not in Wes Craven's universe anymore. We're not in Jack Shoulder's universe anymore. And we're not in Chuck Russell's universe anymore. So those first three films w- are a long way away. And it, 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 would take a lot to rescue the series back from this. Um, we'll get there in a minute, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Let's just rate it. I can't even bother to talk about it anymore.
2: I, I rated it a two. A two?
1: Yeah. Is it, is that two? Uh, what should we have this time two nuns two nuns with big guns out of fire two nuns in the bath one says where's the soap the other one says yes it does doesn't it ha! <laughs> <laughs> that's my joke of the day think about it
3: oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. not that weird I've just actually called this up on IMDB Nightmare on Elm Street 5 and it's got under the photos it's got pictures from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 <laughs> <laughs> that's it show pictures from a better film on your page <laughs> <laughs> I gave this two as well. All right. There are little glimmers of things that I quite like. I quite like the darker, sort of more gothic-y look. I know it's more cartoonish, but I quite like that. I know what you're saying. And like I say, I think there was an effort from the director's part to do something that they hadn't done before. And I, I don't think he was given a fair crack of the whip, to be honest. Yep, yep. So with that in mind, you give it two. I give it two. Let's move on to the next one. Let's do it. Okay. That one
2: else, six.
1: Freddy's dead final night let's play that trailer as a
4: boy he was always different no one understood him you ready for it, boy it's time to take your
0: medicine
2: thank you sir
4: no one could control him, him. go inside honey but now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an elm street. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no! I'm screaming while the bus is in motion! It's your mind or go
0: for it. I'm your little soul, too. Oh, yeah. going to have to hit him with everything you got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. It's got to be me and him.
4: You want to live? <laughs> Maggie, watch out. What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Great graphics. They saved the best for
1: last. Right, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare from 1991. Directed by Rachel Talalay. I think that's how you pronounce it. And starring... Robert England, Lisa Zane, Meyer, Yafet Koto, Tom Old and Roseanne Barr, of course, Johnny Depp, <laughs> Alice Cooper, Marilyn Rockefeller, Leslie Dean and Ricky Dean Logan. Yep. Yep. Freddy Krueger returns once again to haunt both the dreams of Springwood's last surviving teenager and a woman with a deep connection to him.
3: Ooh.
2: Go on, then.
1: Lead us into this one.
2: It, 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 did you mention Yafet Koto? I did. Ah, yes. But... Let's just let's just have a moment and revel in Yafet Koto's playing of a Bond villain.
1: Yafet Koto from Live and Let Die.
2: That is correct. My
1: favourite Bond film. Yafet Koto from Alien. <laughs> and here he is, on his way to the bank to cash a check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stopping <laughs> off in Springwood. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So did you have a preconception going into this one? No. 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 Did you I, know anything about it?
2: Knew nothing about it. Right then. I, 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 tried to resist any reading about it or anything like that. Okay. So all the kids in Spring World, Spring, Spring, Spring World. S- spring Whatever. That sounds like a shit theme park. Are, are dead. Yeah. Um, except there's a rumored surviving teenager. Yes. Okay. Then we have some sort of flying house thing.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Somewhere along the line, we have some sort of, Accident, and it would appear that somebody gets bumped into another reality. At this point, I'm like, "Fuck, really, really, guys? We, I thought we killed Freddy before. No, no, no. Apparently, we haven't. We got one more surviving kid. Where are they pulling these kids out of their assholes? I mean, oh my god.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, we, I think you're reading into it a little bit much, but yeah, go on.
2: <laughs> so, we go from seemingly picturesque society with a a dream-crazed killer into what can only be described as Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. (laughs) Yeah. It 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 contains possibly the worst youth shelter ever known to me. A youth shelter full of teenagers after we've been told there's no more teenagers. That's correct. Which is the whole pushing it into a different reality. I don't know. But that's what I kept thinking is wait a minute there's no kids left we go in the same town and there's kids. What? What? So at this point, I'm really just scratching my head. Yeah. Now, you know, you're left with, is it an alternate timeline or is it geography? Well, as it turns out, it's kind of geography. This movie went so low <laughs> as to bring in Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold. <laughs> you you know you are going down to the bottom of the barrel. To be honest, I think they
1: asked to be in the film rather than they were asked to be in the film.
2: <laughs> so apparently we, we've set up the Yafet Kodo's character as a a dream master. He's learned to manipulate dreams. Oh
1: God, help! Yeah, I think he's really secondary. He's a secondary
2: character in this film. He is, but you get that foreshadowing, and that allows him to extend this movie like fifteen more minutes because of his character. Yeah, um, he's probably my favorite uh, character in it. <laughs> oh, no, ab- absolutely! Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'd rather have seen him going toe to toe with Robert England in a fist fight. Really, that would have been better.
2: So, through through circumstance and and whatnot, the, the therapist is going to drive the kid who got pushed through this whatever thing in Freddy World into the real world. Hmm. They're gonna they're gonna go take a a trip back to Spring. Mm-hmm. Now, as it turns out, there's like three other kids stowaway in the van. Yeah. So rather than stop the van, turn around and go back, they just decide, we're just going to go on to Springwood because it's the worst U-Shelter ever erected in the van that they're driving. is the second worst van ever seen.
1: Yeah, I think they borrowed it from Scooby-Doo.
2: I think so. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, it just is. So they roll into the Thunderdome, as I like to refer to it, and I, it just went from stupid to stupider. I mean, this is like watching Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> the therapist and the, and the kid who's having the dreams—they're uh, going to go off and do something. And she tells the other ones, "Yeah, just get in the van and go drive back to the worst you shelter that we just tried to break out of on the planet." Really, really? See, I—I th- think you're looking at these <laughs> through the wrong eyes. I just—this thought- this is the first time I've ever seen it. And we've 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 taken dream world to a different geographic location to the worst youth, worst youth shelter ever. But what other eyes can you see it through other than, oh, my God, really, people?
1: You're applying logic to it. You're you're looking at this through the eyes of somebody who's who's seen the Nightmare Elm Street films up to this point And has gone. Right. Let's see where this continues from where we've been before. And it, it doesn't
2: No, And it goes it goes from bad to worse. Now, the epitome. The absolute Mount Everest of stupid in this movie. The <laughs> yeah, Mount yeah. Everest of stupid in this
1: movie. I know what you're going to say, yes.
2: Is apparently, one kid falls asleep, and he gets turned into a video game character. <laughs> kind of like Mario. Hmm. And we flash to the kids who are in the same house with him who are awake, and this kid is pogoing around like an idiot. <laughs> I, I have I have never. And this goes on for some time. I mean, this is not just a a a three second shot. Yeah, they milk this one. He jumps around the house for a good minute like he's in a video game. (laughs) Yeah. And this was after the van from the afternoon till late midnight, like around 10 p.m., has circled the same neighborhood because they obviously can't get out because of some time loop. This van. They well, we've, said, we've seen the time loop thing before. We saw it in part four, it, didn't we? We did. But this van has the world's largest gas tank. Really? <laughs> I mean, they drove all the way from the youth shelter. Then they tried to drive back. Then they circled the neighborhood through three or four driver changes. Oh, and you you can't
1: get, can get good mileage oh, out of them good old diesel engines.
2: Yeah, maybe, but damn. <laughs> it, but you know what? The minute, the minute with the kid that was acting like a video game, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, just end. And it goes on, and it goes on. Okay. Finally, it goes on until finally someone stabs him with his own knives and he's dead. Holy. So what did oh. you, what did you think about the backstory we got here?
1: It was because, stupid. What with Alice Cooper as his dad? Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't fault Alice Cooper. Okay. I will say this, right. All right. Let, let me build a little defense here for the filmmakers. Okay. There is no, there is no, they had a video game. They had a video game. Oh, there's no defense for that. Don't worry about that. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not praising that.
2: And the worst shelter located in the Mad Max universe for kids ever.
1: Right. This
2: film, they went
1: into this film knowing this was going to be the last one, so to speak. They were going to say, right, we're going to kill the character off now. That's it. No more. OK, so Rachel Talalay is the director. Now, she's been involved in every Nightmare on Elm Street film so far. OK, on some level. She's I think she was Wes Craven's assistant on the first one and she's worked her way up. She's now got the chance to direct. And she even says on the, on that Never Sleep Again thing, where do you go when you're going to with you know you're going to kill Freddie off? You've announced you're going to kill Freddie off. You have just got to throw everything at it and go for it. Now, (laughs) Twin Peaks was a big thing around this time. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: There's a big Twin Peaks influence in the setting of Springwood. That's what they were trying to go for. That's that town that you arrive in that's slightly off, you know.
2: But I didn't see Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr in Springwood. Like I said, I think they asked asked to be in it. And they said yes. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) I want to be in a lot of movies, but nobody says yes. Well, yeah, this is true.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. I, 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 again, I don't know how to approach this one. I first saw this one. <laughs> I'm oh, trying to make it sound intelligent, and I really can't. You can't. <laughs> when this first came out, I by this time, I'd lost interest in, in Nightmare Elm Street, really. Whilst I'm, I am the fanboy and I'm always interested to see new Freddy product, I am now. At this point, I was a little bit bummed out by it. Part 5 had really burned me. This came out. I think I rented this one on a Saturday afternoon and I just sat in the lounge and watched it. Where yeah, well, that was a thing, wasn't it? And then turned it
2: off. And, and, and one other thing. Yeah. This has like the main character supposed to be like this rich kid badass. He is absolutely the worst badass I have ever seen. Which character is that? I don't know. The blonde headed kid with the, the doofy ponytail.
1: The stoner guy. Oh, and Meyer.
2: I don't know. But God almighty, that was horrible. Even Judd Nelson plays a better rich badass than this guy. That's <laughs> that saying something? Because I can't stand this All right. I'm going to say, <laughs> I first saw nope, this. No, 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 not, 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 not Judd Nelson. Well, yes. But who I was thinking of was. Just... Never mind, go on.
1: <laughs> you finished? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I saw this when it came out on video, watched it, went, yeah, that was a thing. The ending was in 3D and all that nonsense. Uh, didn't care for it. I've watched it over the years a couple of times. And I'm, like I said earlier, I've always put it on a par with part five. I can't really decide which one's the worst. Watching it for today. I watched it the other night. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I had fun with it. I, you know what? I could see that. I'm not Definitely. saying it's good. And I'm not saying I liked it. But I had fun with it. Because I think in my mind, I know by now that they're going to be shit. You know, they were they were killing it off, you know. Let's You know, it's like, you know, let's kill off Dynasty and bring a fucking spaceship down to kill Emma Sams or whatever it was. It's that (laughs) mentality. I think it's more entertaining than part five. I think the casting helps. I think Lisa Zane is is a good lead, although I think she's a little bit old to be doing the sort of the Nancy type role, personally, at the time. But, you know, it fits into the plot that she's supposed to be involved with Freddy. Yafet Kotto, like we said, is always great value. You know, he's slumming it a bit here. But the scenes with him in, I think, are probably the the best scenes, the best dialogue scenes anyway. Um, the Alice Cooper as his father bit I quite enjoyed. And that whole scene of Freddie being young and being bullied and whipped and all that sort of stuff, that does come from the novel that I was spoke about in the last show. Oh, OK, OK. The, the Life and Death of Freddie Krueger. That is all in there that came out years before. So that is based on something. There's a Johnny Depp cameo. He's not playing the same character as he did in the first film but he's just doing a little speech about your brain on drugs, those old infomercial type things. Quite funny. There's a death in here, one of the kills, and it's one of my favourites in the whole series because it is stupid, but I love the way it's done, and that's the deaf guy with the hearing aid.
2: Oh, dear Lord. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. And I
1: like it. Like I said, this is nothing to do with Wes Craven's Freddy Krueger anymore. We're well away from that, but I love Robert England's choreography in this. When the guy, the deaf guy, he's walking along, and Roderick England's behind him, dancing, trying to get his attention, and he can't hear him.
2: Okay, that is absolutely the high point of the, the this movie and the last one. To be honest, point.
1: to me, it's the best kill since the third
3: film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did. I forgot about the deaf guy, and I did like the fact that. Robert England is trying to sneak up behind him. Yeah, I realized- just love that scene. It's the
1: way he, it's Robert England's face and the way he dances around him, waving his arms, and this guy can't hear him. He doesn't know he's there.
3: <laughs> I know
1: like I said, Robert England, he gets a flack for being the comedy Freddy, but he does it brilliantly. Yes, he does it absolutely brilliantly, and I love it. And I think Robert England's having fun in this. I don't think he was having so much fun in the last couple of films. I think he was hamming it up when he needed to, but here it feels a bit more natural. His makeup's still shit. Yes. Tom Arnold, Roseanne Barr, f- fuck knows why they're in here. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with it. The, the, the let, let's get it out the window. The Nintendo death is terrible. It, it was it was a cash in on the Nintendo Power Glove, which was a thing that was out at the time. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's bad. Wes Craven must have been fucking fuming when he saw that. I don't know, this is what they've done to the character. <laughs> yeah, I would. Cut, there are bits I'd cut out completely, but overall, I sat and watched this the other night and I had fun with it. And I think part of that is also the fact it's not connected to any of the other films. That's true, it's really not. It's a one-off. It You could. It is. You it could is. watch, like we said with part two, I like part two because it doesn't connect in any way to any of the other films. Apart from the house, there's no other connection. So as a standalone Freddy, you can just go, oh yeah, I'll just put that on and watch it. And I think with this one, if you wanted to watch some a Freddy that wasn't quite as bleak as those early films, you could stick this on just as a one-off and have fun with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's possible. But remember, I was watching for the first time. So
1: yeah, yeah, I know there's going to be people listening to this thinking fuming, but uh, you know, <laughs> I'm actually giving this a slight pass because, I, and I'm not, uh, you know, I've said before my uh, my star rating comes in anything under a everything th- three and over is a recommend, and I'm it's not coming in over a three. Don't worry, I'm not recommending this at
2: all. But <laughs> yeah, you know what else this reminds me of? What? after you watch Halloween 5. yeah, You think itself, so, how low could they go from here? I mean, Halloween 5 is just a mess. Yes, it is. And and they, and they pull out The Cult of Thorn. This is this movie is The Cult of Thorn of the Nightmare oh, Series. I I would say this is better than Halloween 6 because at least there's a
1: bit of fun here.
2: Well, I would too,
1: but <laughs> I'm sticking with my analogy. Uh, Yeah, if, again, if you put them both down in front of me and said, watch one right now, I'd watch this one over Halloween 6. I'd go out for a walk. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, overall, I think this is, it is a rubbish film, but they knew, they sort of knew that going in, let's just throw everything at the wall, see what, see what sticks. I love that, the deaf guy's death. I think that's brilliant. And I also hate the Nintendo death. So you get, you know, one extreme to the other in this film. But overall, it's fun. What did you score it? Two and a half. That's awfully close to three, Chris. I know. And I'm not recommending it. I wanted to give it more than part five, just to show that on this pairing, like I said, they're very, they are very similar films, but on this pairing, I enjoyed this a heck of a lot more than I did watching part five on this occasion. I gave it a one. A one? Fucking hell.
2: Yeah. God, it was horrible.
1: Wow. So you, you thought this was worse than part five? Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, some people do. I, th- I think i say the general consensus is they're both pretty much of a muchness. But uh yeah, I I, I had fun with it this time because I, go, I just switched my brain off and said, go on then, let's see what happens. I was prepared to absolutely fucking hate it and throw my Blu-ray out the window. And I actually came
2: away from it and I thought, yeah, I had a bit of fun there. It was crap, but I quite enjoyed it. There you go. So so now we're on to seven, as we like to call it, Wes Craven's New Night. Well, let's play a trailer and then we'll get into it.
0: Coming from New Line Home Video, the $20 million box office smash. From Wes Craven, creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, comes a new dimension in terror. Miss me? Cut the effect! Wes Craven's New Nightmare. The best horror film in years. Almost there. (laughs) The most twisted scare fest in ages. Four stars, The New York Post. (laughs) Wes Craven takes it to a new dimension, raves The New York Times. New Nightmare reunites the stars from the original, including Heather Langenkamp, John Saxon, Nick Corey, and Robert Englund. Ever played Skin the cat. <laughs> Wes Craven's New Nightmare. This time, staying awake won't save you. your <laughs> Right,
3: New Nightmare from
1: 1994. Directed by Wes Craven, woohoo! Starring Heather Langenkamp. <laughs> oh yes, Wes Craven, Bob Shay, Lynn Shea, Matt Winston. Meek is it Miko Hughes or Miko Hughes? Miko. I don't know. Don't know. David Newsome, Robert England, and some other people. John Saxon. He's in it as well. The Saxon's back. Yeah, thank God, the Saxon's back. <laughs> Right. Plot of this one. A demonic force has chosen Freddy Krueger as its portal to the real world. Can Heather play the part of Nancy one last time and trap the evil trying to enter our world? And from your laughter, (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing not.
2: I can't even keep a straight place. Okay. My first thought is, Hmm. was Wes having trouble? Did did he need to pay the light bill? (laughs) Uh... Did did he have a, a bad divorce? Um... Was, was there an issue with Wes at this time? Had he fallen? Had he got the head injury? I think at the time he was probably in need of a hit.
1: Okay. okay. I think I think this is, what did he do around this time? Was it Vampire in Brooklyn or something? That Eddie Murphy vampire f- comedy, which was a bit shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he did around this time. I think that was a, a, a year or two before that. So I think he was in need of a hit. Okay. Know, this, yeah, this uh, and this was the nineties. This was you know our old horror heroes were sort of dying of death all over the place, really. So
2: <laughs> it just yeah. So the first part of the movie, I was thoroughly engaged, and I thought, well, this isn't bad. And then it just came off the rails, <laughs> and I completely lost interest. It, I, I loved the cameos, and I loved how they worked the cameos in. I thought it was really great, um, but. You know, and I thought Heather actually turned into an actress at this point. She could actually act a little bit better. Well, by playing herself and not playing a character. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the kid in this movie was nearly as annoying as Bobby from, what is it, The House by the Cemetery? Oh, Bob, the best dubbing job in the world. Yes. Oh, my God, that kid was so annoying. This one was worse. Or no, not worse, but almost as bad. And, and I just didn't, I didn't care. I mean, I literally stopped taking notes after I said, this kid is nearly as bad as Bobby. And <laughs> I just gave up. You surprised me. I didn't, didn't really care for this one at all. It seems like it might be kind of my kind of movie, you know, demonic yeah. force, you know, trying to break through, but it just. See, I thought you'd be all over this. Ah, uh, no. Really? Oh, no, just
1: didn't care. Cause for this me. is a film that, not to cast aspersions on your nationality, but I find a lot of American podcasters and reviewers who review this film really love it.
2: Really? Yeah. Well, I wonder why. I don't know. It was more fun than number five. I guarantee you that. I love seeing the cameos. I love you know, you know, Freddy Krueger and all that kind of his antics were, were awesome when he was out of makeup. I thought that was really good. Mm. Uh, you know, I love the meeting with the Shays. That was good. Uh, yeah, that was, it was. That, that stuff was good. But, you know, the minute the dreams and all that kind of stuff kicked into full gear, I was like, oh yeah, okay, never mind. So what, what put you off it? Did you not like Freddy's new look? Didn't, didn't care for the new look. And it just seemed that they were really, it almost seems like they were trying, you know, one last gasp hmm. of a dying franchise. And that's just to me, it, and it's only like X. and 3 that really turned me off the first half of the movie. I I thought, hey, this is a bad, it's starting out better than all the rest, and then it just went, forget it. Well, it's funny that you
1: say it's the last gasp of a franchise because this film was intended to sort of inject life into it and uh, maybe kick kick it off again. Oh, God, really? Mm. Seriously? I think so, yeah. Holy crap, wow. What you've got to remember is this is post-Jason Goes to Hell, and obviously we had Freddy's dead
2: before that. So, you know, the old slashers were dying off. It was 1994. So we're halfway, you know, the eighties are about halfway in our rear view mirror.
1: So. Well, yeah, but I mean, a new decade normally takes a few years to bed in, doesn't it? A couple of years after this, we got Scream. And so this, I think with, with hindsight is really Wes Craven's testing ground for, for the ideas that were in Scream about horror movies, referencing themselves and
2: things like that. And, and that's the part that I think worked well. Yeah, I think it's done better in Scream. Oh God, yes. Oh God, yes. If he had to make this last, this last shitty ass Freddy movie to get Scream out of him, Amen and God bless. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it it just was that it was really just the back half of the movie it was like, oh, more of this. I can't take it more. Yeah, I think
1: it does play into that Wes Craven thing of he has an idea and he builds up that idea brilliantly, but he never quite knows how to finish it off. Yeah. I mean, you can Absolutely. look at Notman Elm Street 3 for that. Yes. Right. Let's go where I am on this then. I saw this on video when it came out. Okay. I saw it with a lot of friends. We sat around and watched it. I was well aware there was a new Freddy coming out. I was quite excited for it at the time. Oh, Wes Craven's coming back. Heather Langenkamp's back. You know, I didn't like it when I first saw it. And I don't like it now.
2: So why don't you like it?
1: I don't like it for pretty, a lot of the reasons you said. I think the bits that it wants to do differently from where the last few sequels have been, it doesn't do it differently enough. I don't like the look, I like the look of Freddy in the long coat and the, and the sort of biomechanical claw. I like that. I don't, I didn't like his face makeup. I think by the end of the film, it had gone back into Nightmare Elm Street Four territory with the special effects and you know the thing yeah. of stretching the you know when she spears his tongue to the floor and it splits in two and stretches and what. No, that's goofy. I don't like that. Yep. Yeah. We've done that. We, this film's supposed to be getting rid of that. I think the plot is very. I don't think it's fully realised. Like I said, I think Wes Craven had an idea. I don't think it's particularly well written. I don't like the scenes of Wes Craven. Talking to Heather Langenkamp in it, it just that makes me angry for some reason. I don't know why. And I, I love Wes Craven. I, I'm a big Wes Craven fan, as I said before. But I think I like the scene of him at the beginning when he you can he's directing the film within the film. Yes, yes. And, and you see him sort of behind the camera doing. I love that. I think that's great. But then when he's actually sitting down talking to camera, I just don't like it. It comes right. comes across just no. <laughs> I don't particularly like Heather Langenkamp in this. I think she's very she's an older version of what she of that apple pie nancy that she was in the first film especially especially towards the end i think at the
2: beginning she does okay
1: especially yeah yeah, okay they try to recreate bits from the original film like the dragging the girl across the ceiling and all that sort of stuff yeah which again it just it just there's no shock appeal to it it's been done before and it's been done better Right, the, k- the kid in it is annoying, like you said. I think the scene in the hospital with the nurse questioning Heather Langenkamp goes on for too long. I like John Saxon in it. I like the fact they have Robert England in it playing himself. I don't like the fact that they they have him painting an evil Freddy and then they go they go nowhere with it. Now, does he actually paint a real life? Um, probably. Don't know. That's but they have that scene of him painting Freddie, and he's on the phone to Heather camp and he says, "Oh yes, I'm going to be." Oh, out- yeah. He says, "I'm going to be out of town for a few days," and you think, "Oh, what's going to happen? Something's going to happen, and he's going to be, you know, accused of it or something like that." And it nothing happens. I know. What the f- the-, the way the-, the scene is shot and it's built up, it's like there's a significance to it. Yep. yep. And you think, "Oh, whoa, Robert England's going to get the blame because they're going to say it's Freddie and blame him and all this sort of stuff," and nothing happens he's he's out the film you don't see him again that's it what's that all about <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, it's a film to me of half-arsed ideas and i think that new line were desperate to get wes craven back in to make a film to have his name attached to it and i think wes craven desperately needed a hit at the time so there you go but you know there's a bit more working out in the ideas stage maybe would have made a difference. You know, and I guess they did because, you know, we got Scream a couple of years later, which I know Craven was more of a director for hire on that project than he was a writer, but it, it feels more fleshed out than what we've got here. And, yeah. Yeah. New Nightmare. It, it, it bores me. I just, it was the one out of all of the films for this podcast is the one I didn't want to sit through again.
2: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. That's funny. I always, I just, I don't, it's not that I don't get it. I do get it. I just don't think it's done. Well enough. I don't think they distance themselves from the Freddy thing enough. Like they obviously want to. You know, Wes Craven mentions in it about the sequels and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think they're still attaching that. They still think, well, we've got to have a little bit of that in for a bit of audience appeal. And they really did,
3: to be honest.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't feel like enough for the, for the idea. If you know what I mean. Yep, exactly. All sausage and no sizzle, as they may say. <laughs>
2: That's exactly right. All sausage and no sizzle.
1: Uh, I also think the special effects are pretty crap as well. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the anatomic stuff isn't bad. Oh, that's good. Yeah, when they got the Freddy Claw at the beginning moving itself yeah. around. And all, that's quite good. That yeah. was the, good. But when the Freddy Claw comes out of the car seat towards that guy's groin, and it looks like a cartoon. I mean, I know it's the early days of CGI, but it looks bad. It looks really bad. Yeah. Yeah. and (laughs) there's the scene of the little boy running across the motorway, and you've got a giant Freddy in the sky who picks him up, and it just it's a sort of rear projection stuff you saw in the 70s King Kong that I was talking about earlier it just
3: it looks bad
1: it's just, oh he's picking him up, dangling him through the traffic I know, and you think, oh God, God. yeah, it's just half-arsed don't like it, yeah, agreed so what did you score it? this is going to surprise you, I
2: gave it a 2.5 Ah, see, I went with a two because I thought it was much better than five, and or better than five, and much better than six. I yeah,
1: well, I mean, I suppose on a technical level, yes, you know, it, it's got that where's Craven polish to it, so it, it feels like a film as opposed to oh god, have I got to sit through this
2: cartoon shit again? <laughs> and I gave it a two point five because the first half was was kind of kind of neat. Yeah, see, I thought you'd be all over that idea. Yeah, the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that back half just didn't. Oh, Couldn't yeah. See.
1: I mean, when they go into the dream world, it just becomes... Oh. It's, it's, it's it's as cartoonish as part four and part five to me, and I just think, well, why? Why are you doing that?
3: Yep, yeah, yes
1: So, yeah, it, it gets a two from me. It's got that Wes Craven polish to it. There is an idea there. It's not well realised, but John Saxon is in it. So there you go.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: Right then. Well, we got... We got one more. We got one more. Um this could be exciting. We could have a nice little talk about this one.
3: We might be able to
1: From nineteen ninety four it took, you know, sixteen years for them to uh come up with another one.
3: Yep, yep.
1: But it's not a sequel. It's a remake. It's a remake. Ooh, from two thousand and ten. Let's play a trailer. Elm um, Street, 2010, directed by Samuel Bayer, starring Rooney Mara, Clancy Brown, Kyle Goldner, Katie Cassidy, Thomas Decker, and Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. Oh, did you mention Connie Britton? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, She's in there, too. Oh, she is. Yes, quite right. She is. Yes, yeah, she's quite a way down me this. Yes. And Connie Britton as
2: well. You know, she, she doesn't have... Uh, uh, Major role, but you know she's got a role.
1: Okay, well let's read out the synopsis because it, it may vary from the synopsis we gave of the first film. The specter of a dead child rapist haunts the children of the parents who murdered him, stalking and killing them in their dreams. Oh, right, you'd seen this before, yes?
3: Yes, I yes.
1: Have. So did I. Did you see this at theaters? No, I did not. I did. Did you? This is the only Nightmare on Elm Street film I've seen on the big screen interesting well interesting. I, was, I was too young when all the others came out you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I went with my sister to see this one when it came out because we both wanted to see it and it was actually I always remember this we were queuing up to get in and I said something along the lines of you know I hope Jackie Earl Haley's good in this and she said who's that and I said well that's the guy playing Freddy and she said isn't it the other guy <laughs> I said what Robert England she went no I said no she just remember saying oh I didn't know it was somebody different and I said, "Yes, <laughs> this is a remake of the original film. Is it?"
2: <laughs> your sister's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> one word for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> right then, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one. First observation is they they put back the paedophile back in Freddy Krueger. They did. They so I, to speak. I, yes. Yes, that was poor choice of words. <laughs> But I, I couldn't through the movie just – I don't think he killed – did he kill anybody in this movie, kids-wise, or was he just a molester? Um Yes, he did kill. Did he? Okay, okay. I'm really on the fence about Jack Earl Haley. Okay. It, there were times where I thought he did really well, mm-hmm. and there were other times where I thought, what were you thinking? Is that him, or is that the writing? <sighs> it's so hard to tell. I don't think the lines were that great and it was probably a little bit of directing where they mm-hmm. said do the lines like this. I don't, I don't think his acting was bad per se. I think a lot of it was probably script and direction. The one part that bothered me that, uh, I think was intriguing about the very first one was whenever they went to the dreams, it went from normal setting to this post apocalyptic type of setting. It's almost like they didn't trust the audience to make the determination between what was real and what was fantasy, but they had to be sure to beat you over know, the head with it. And that, that, that part kind of bothered me. Oh, that's interesting. You say that. Okay. I think out of the gate with the diner scene, I think it was a pretty good start. Mm-hmm. Except for those manky kids, uh, those, uh, you know, the, the manky tough trio. Yeah. You know, they were, they were a little dodgy, but I think everything else in this was, it was a, a, a pretty decent opening. We all learned really fast that, that moms are terrible liars and we all know something else is going on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Robert Engel was a better Freddy in the first one. Okay. But he was the, fu- he was the first Freddy, so. He, he was the first Freddy. Some of the scenes in this were, were just kind of bad. <laughs> the, the swimming pool scene and the, girl flying around the room scene.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, I because mean, it's quite easy to fall asleep when you're swimming, isn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah you know, you, I, I, there
1: you are, you know, the adrenaline going through your body, you're kicking your legs, you're moving your arms, you go to take a breath, and you fall asleep. <laughs> yes. it happens to, it's happened to us all.
2: I, I will say this, they, you know, they laid the groundwork for that crap, when they yeah. talked about these micro-sleeps and micro-dreams when you get sleep-deprived. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something that the original films didn't go into. Correct. Correct. It's a new angle, but the ending was just kind of, you know, somebody went to see the rock and they thought Nicolas Cage plunging a needle into the heart. We got to use that scene. So we're going (laughs) to go ahead and make, we're going to go ahead and make it the ending of this movie. Overall, it's not bad. It's above average for me. Okay. As a remake, I like some bits of it. I, I really enjoyed, uh, who was it, is it Clancy, Clancy Brown? Clancy Brown, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a stalwart in the genre. Uh,
1: he's always good, whatever
2: film he's in, he's always good. I I do like the fact that we get some Freddy background. I know yeah. loads of people, loads of people didn't like the Halloween remake when Zombie did the background. Mm-hmm. I liked it because at least he was, at least he was trying to offer something. Now, the fact that he did a shot-for-shot remake after that, well, that just kind of was stupid. Yeah. But up till then, and in fact, this movie, I wish they'd done a little less killing and a little more background. And I think it might have made it a better movie, but. So you, you would have liked a Freddy prequel? Almost, yes. Okay. Yes. I liked a little bit better the way they did the background in this movie compared to the zombie one because it was kind of through a series of flashbacks. And I I liked that. It it, it was more, it
1: was integrated into the plot more.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I really enjoyed that part of it.
1: Because they laid down an air of mystery about Freddy. Yes, yes. The potentially he could have been innocent. So they had to show you
2: what actually happened. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because who can believe five-year-olds, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think overall, I thought it was a good story they presented. But the problem is is that it had enough bad parts to really not make it spectacular. Yeah. Underwhelming. Yes, underwhelming. Okay. But certainly compared to the other schlock of this series it's a step up okay all right okay fine does that make does that make sense yes yes it makes sense to me yes it, i know where you're coming from yeah and, and it's one that i would actually watch again and okay. not dread
3: watching it <laughs>
2: okay right i was
1: fucking excited to go into this i was ready for a new freddy film like I've said before, I'm not against remakes. I think, you know, if it's a good story, it can be retold over and over for generations. You know, Dracula's done it, Frankenstein's done it, there's no reason that not, Elm Street can't do it. Sure. The trailer for this, I absolutely love. The trailer came out f- about six months before the film was released, and I watched that trailer to death, because it showed you the scenes of Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy before he died, running away from the parents, and you know, screaming, what have I done? What have I done? And, you know, they it's like oh we're going to get the proper Freddy backstory now
2: uh, agreed The yeah. the trailer is
1: excellent the trailer is brilliant I like you know when the first shots of uh, Jackie O'Haley as Freddy were revealed it was him in the shadows but you got the silhouette right and you always oh, looks creepy again it looks like it's going to be really dark like we got in the first two original films agreed yeah so I went and saw this film with my sister and I came out of it and I went now nah, right, alright wasn't it <laughs> oh. and then when it came out on dvd blu-ray i bought it i got the triple pack so i've got the blu-ray dvd and the download and i've watched it probably about four times since then okay okay this is about the fourth or fifth time i've seen it my opinion of it's gone down really yes now there are bits i like i think there's two real strengths to this film i think the first thing is the obvious and it's jackie l Haley as freddy
3: okay
1: i think he's great i think you know robert england's a tough act to follow and i think if you're going to redo freddy you've got to go back to the roots you've got to make him darker you've got to make him scary and and i mean this with all the best will in the world it's true for robert england and it's true for jackie l Haley. they're not what you would call actors with leading men looks correct they've got a certain look about them you know and uh, it worked in Robert England's favor because, as much as you know, Freddie in those first couple of films, the shape of his face and everything, he looked brilliant with the makeup on. And I yeah. think, I think it works for Jackie Earl Haley as well. You know, he he really does fit the role because he's not a big guy.
2: I was just going to say, I think both of their, their builds.
1: Yeah. They're both very yep. slender guys. Yep. 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 Agreed. You know, they're not Kane Hodder. They're not huge and hulking and, you know, intimidating. So, and I think they right. both use their physicality well with the character. So I think Jackie O'Haley is very, very good as Freddie. I don't think, I can't really think of anybody else who could have done the role at the time. I think the other strength is, I'm just scrolling down to get her name, is one of the characters is Katie Cassidy. Okay. Who, who plays a character called Chris. Um, yes. She is the, the Tina character from the first film. Yes. I think she's a really strong leading girl. I think I liked, I I thought her character was fine. I think we got enough of it to know who she is. But I just, I liked Katie Cassidy's performance in this. I thought she did really, really well. She was a character I wanted to stick with. So the fact that she gets done in pretty quickly is a bit of a shame. But I see what they were doing. They were trying to redo the the Tina thing. And I think it worked. And I think she was great. Yep, yep. There is are the two positives I get from this that I go, yeah, I love that. (laughs) The negatives. You go from a strong actress like Katie Cassidy and you look at Rooney Mara as Nancy. Okay. There may as well not have been a Nancy in this film. Nancy is not a character and Rooney Mara is not giving anything of a performance.
2: You think that's because of her ability or you think that's because of direction of the script?
1: I think it's a combination of everything. Okay. I know she's come out since and said that she didn't like the film and it was a piece of shit. Yeah, not helped by you, love. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: um nancy in this is terrible as a character she's not strong she's not like the nancy we got in the first film she's not heroic um i wanted her fucking die to be quite honest um i also think that the the guy who plays her not her boyfriend but the other male lead quentin is it the character's name yes kyle Golner. Yes. what's the point of him why is he there? Well, he's he's wet as a fucking lorry load of lettuces he serves no purpose than to just to fall asleep before she does. So they can both be in the same dream at the same time.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: it, uh, the fact that when you get the Freddy flashback, he's in the dream world in his speedos stood there watching Jackie or Haley get burnt to death, <laughs> which just makes me laugh. That
2: yeah, was the whole uh, part of the swimming scene. That was stupid. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got two leads. So I don't believe in you've got fucking Clancy Brown in this. And what does he do? What's he given to do? Well, he's the principal. Yes, and he's a dad. I know what character he is, but what does he do? Not a damn thing. Not a da- The only reason he is there is every scene where Quentin and Nancy are talking, he turns up and says, "Quentin, get in the car," and <laughs> they drive off. That's it. That is what he does.
2: He did do a pretty good burning of Freddy, though.
1: Oh yeah, well he's in the he's in the flashback scene, but it's Clancy fucking Brown. You know, he's obviously supposed to be the equivalent of the John Saxon character from the first film. Yes. Absolutely. Why didn't they just make him a cop, like John Saxon? Cause he's got the same clout as an actor, but they do nothing with him. Connie Britton as, um, Nancy's mum. A better actress than the Nancy's mum we got in the first film, but she's not given anything to do.
3: Right, right.
1: And this is the problem with all the ca- the characters are- they're just there on the screen.
2: None of them do anything. None of them- It's almost like, to, to underline your point, it's almost like they try to take this from a- a female heroine to a male heroine. Yeah. Because, that you know, they give Nancy much more uh, of a mousy approach. Yeah, 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 yeah. She takes care of it at the end, blah, 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 but still. But they did
1: that with The Nightmare Elm Street too. They made it into yes. a male lead, and it didn't work. So here you've got two. You've got two leads here that don't work. Exactly. That's the problem with me. And the other big problem is, I know it's a remake, but the stuff that they do differently isn't done enough. The micro-sleeps, the things like that. And the stuff they do the same is done too much. Yes. Why do we get a shot of Freddy coming out of the wall? What does that serve? It's because it was in the first film. Yeah. And it was done better in the first film. The first film was Robert England shoving his face through a sheet of latex to get the effect. It cost them $5, apparently, to do that effect. In the remake, it's a CGI effect that looks like it came from Looney Tunes. (laughs) Does Uh, it serve a purpose? No. Nancy in the bath with the Freddy Claw comes out. Does it serve a purpose? No. She doesn't get dragged down into the netherworld like in the first film.
2: It's just, it's, I don't know who they're selling this film to. Well, they're selling it to nostalgic Nightmare on Elm Street people because. We've seen all those things done better in the first film. Yeah, but this was, this is, this is the age of remakes. Yes. And they're done. They're done crappily now. I mean, I mean,
1: this is a Platinum Dunes remake. And I mean, we'll get there with Friday the 13th when we do it. But Platinum Dooms by this point had done Texas Chainsaw remake, which we both liked. I mean, I fucking love that film. Yes. That's how you do it right. You take the nugget of the idea of the first film and you go somewhere different with it.
2: I want to launch into a comparison that I can't do yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we haven't covered it on the show yet. So I got to wait. Which is it? Friday the Thirteenth.
1: Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. That's the one I want to get to. We are going to do Friday the Thirteenth this year. We will get to it. But it's going to be three shows, Friday the Thirteenth. But anyway, yeah. So you can do remakes, and you can do them well. And yes. you know, if yes. you do it well, like with Texas Chainsaw, like with Dawn of the Dead, like with Hills Have Eyes, you end up with you can end up with two films that are both great for different reasons. Exactly. This one just it bores me, and I. Your point about when they go into the dream world, I actually like that. I like the fact that, much like the first film, the original film, when they go into the dream world, they're in this one place. They're in Freddy's uh, boiler room.
2: True. True. Because
1: that that is what, that's the point of terror. That's where you go, as soon as you fall asleep, you open your eyes, oh shit, we're in the boiler room, we know what's coming.
2: That's where the right. terror. That's where the terror is. I, I guess my my point of that was I, I agree with you, but the fact that perfect example, she falls asleep in the classroom, and immediately the classroom falls away into this post apocalyptic thing. Well, uh, it's, it's, not, it's
1: it's it's supposed to be burnt. It's supposed to be ash. They everything's it, yes. disappeared into ash.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I just I liked how they did it the first one, where eventually they would get to the boiler room after a door entry or two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get that
2: but I, my point is I like the fact that we're not in some
1: stupid you know Batman looking gothic cathedral with a nun and, <laughs> you know we're, we're it's that thing of you fall asleep you know where you are you know you're in Freddy's world and it doesn't matter where you are when you close your eyes that's, that's the realm that you go into you know what's coming I like that element of it I liked it in the first film and I think it works here gotcha gotcha the other thing about Freddy I wanted to mention is they didn't do enough with his look that was different from the original. He looks exactly the same.
2: I think the only thing that that I could tell is that they pulled his fedora down further over his head than the original yeah. Freddy.
1: I think there was scope to do something a little different with the look. You know, I think if you still have him wearing the hat, because I think that helps with the silhouette when you see him in the background. Yes. But I don't know whether maybe you've done something different with the jumper or, you know, slightly different with the glove Maybe. It just feels too much like the original Freddy.
2: Do you think the audiences would have tolerated that? Because I'm sure that was discussed and ruled out immediately by the producers. No, it's got to be the same Freddy.
1: Possibly, possibly.
2: But then if if that's
1: the case, why not just do a sequel? Why is it a remake? I don't know. Like I say, it, they need to decide what they want it to be and who they're going to be appealing it to.
2: Exactly.
1: And I just... I come away from this film, and it it leaves me cold every time I come away from it, because I really want to like it, and I just don't, on this occasion, I just watched it again, and just, no. You know, I I like the fact that Freddy's darker, I like the fact, he does throw a couple of one-liners here and there, but they're dark ones, they're you know, he's not cackling and going
2: ha ha ha, bitch,
1: like Robert Englund. Right,
2: exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: You know, they use the line about wet dream again, which I'm sure they've done twice before in the other films as well, so... Come up with something new, guys.
2: Yeah. And that that was a stupid line. You could tell it was stupid because it it was just it was out of character for this Freddy.
1: Yeah. I think the effects on the whole are pretty good, apart from the very final kill where they try to recreate, you know, the uh, end of the first film. But it's a mirror, and not a front door. Right. Right. Because, again, it's Looney Tunes. It, It looks like her eyes come out on stalks near enough.
2: I forgot about that
1: one. Yeah. And I just, it's sloppy. I think it's a lazy film and I'm not surprised it didn't get a sequel because it's a shame. It's a shame. I know that Jackie L. Haley was signed up to do three films and really, yes, I did read that. And I think that if it it had been given over to people who weren't platinum dunes or at least got someone who wasn't Brad Fuller involved as a producer, then, you know, Maybe something, I mean, maybe Marcus Nispel could have done something with it, you know. Who knows? Yeah. But I'd, I'd be quite happy to see Jackie Haley do Freddy again. I don't think he will now. I think that time has passed. Yep. Yep. And you know, they are rebooting a Nightmare on Elm Street over the next couple of years. It's been announced. So it's bound to be somebody else. I hope they do it right. This remake, it's, it's, it's not the worst remake you'll ever see. No,
2: no, no, no. It's not. It's not. Let me tell you, this one is this one is far and above better than The Martyrs. One. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: It's not the worst one, but it's the one that I had hopes for, that I wanted it to do really well. I wanted it to be that film that yep. shows you that all remakes aren't shit, and it just doesn't go there. Nope, nope. And I think you can isolate scenes from it. Like I said, the flashback where you actually see Freddy getting burnt, and that I think is brilliant. It's probably better than anything that we've had with Freddy's backstory before.
2: Yes, agreed.
1: I think Jackie Earl Haley, when he's playing Freddy without the makeup, is better than Robert England when he plays Freddy without the makeup, if that makes sense.
2: Yes, it does.
1: You know, it, it, it doesn't come anywhere close to those first three original films for me. No. And that's, I've got not a lot else to say about it, really. You know, it, it it's, I'm not going to recommend it. It gets a one and a half from me. Wow. I gave it a three. Fucking hell.
2: I did, I
1: did. And it's a weird one because going in, going into watching them this time, I was ready to make New Nightmare my, my least favorite. And I think in a certain sense, it still is. But I just think there's more going on in New Nightmare than there is in, this, in the remake.
2: I thought this had more going on than most of the latter ones. Really? Yeah, yeah. I would actually recommend this to people. I would say, look, it's not a great film. It's only three out of five, but I think it's worth a watch.
3: Okay. I mean
1: I would say if you're into Nightmare on Elm Street, watch it. You know, it makes yep. a nice comparison piece. But there's to me there's just not enough there. You know, they didn't do anything radical with it and the stuff they did do that is the same is just done worse. Yep, yeah. I hear you. I'd like to see a film maybe with Jackie Earl Haley as Freddie and then put Katie Cassidy in as the leading girl. That could have been a good film. Yep. Yep. But everything else, I mean, Ray, right, Rooney Marn is fucking terrible. Carl Golner's fucking terrible. Everyone in it is terrible. Clancy Brown's good, but he's not given anything enough to do. Same with yep. Connie Britton. It's a wasted opportunity as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, Yep. It was, uh, it was squandered on trying to recreate the past. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I know they've announced some nightmare reboots, some Friday the 13th reboots, mm-hmm. and some Halloween reboots. Mm-hmm. I wonder if everyone's waiting to see what John Carpenter do And then decide if they're actually going to go through with the reboots. I think for the reboots
1: that they're planning to be successful, they need to be taken away from the hands of productions of producers, sorry, like Platinum Dunes, and actually put in yep. the hands of filmmakers with a vision.
2: Yep, yep, agreed.
1: And this is the problem: they're they're, stu- they're franchise, they're studio products now. You know, Halloween worked because it was John Carpenter's vision. Nightmare on Elm Street worked because it was Wes Craven's vision. You know. And as soon as you... I mean, there are loads of film directors out there that we talk about all the time that I think could do good work if they're given the right material to work with. Oh, God. I've always said I think Rob Zombie could do a fucking brilliant Friday the 13th film.
2: No, no, no.
1: As long as he didn't write it.
2: Or cast it. I mean, come on.
1: Sid Hagen or Jason Mask, I'd fucking love it. (laughs) Although... Bill Mosley as Mrs. Voorhees.
2: Although... (laughs) He could probably cast this one with rednecks and make it work more than a lot of stuff, but no, 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 no. It, you, come on, Sherry Moon Zombie would be Mrs. Voorhees, and it would just... Oh no, no, nope, sorry.
3: <laughs>
2: but my Ain't point, my, my point being, they need to take these films
1: out of the hands of producers and put them in the hands of directors.
2: Absolutely. Rather Absolutely. than
1: having, rather than having the film ready to go and then getting a director for hire.
2: Yes, I. Am.
1: I absolutely agree. And and that is what they need to do if they need to put anything. You know, we got there's there's a whole list of, of young film directors who are up and coming and we talk about them all the time on here and everything. Films that we enjoy and we like to go and see all their work no matter what they do. Now the guy you mentioned earlier did the White Coffin, you know. Yeah. He does a film you think it's good oh, I wonder what this film's gonna be like and you know like we used to do with John Carpenter and Wes Craven and Toby Hooper and all these people.
2: Yep. and yep, That yep. just doesn't seem to be that
1: going into these remakes anymore.
2: No, no, no. And, you know, it, it's people like, um, Joe Bagos, who I would love to see get a crack in a franchise. Mm. Um, he did it in a mind's eye and he did almost human. He does more sci-fi stuffy. Yeah. But I, again, it's, he's, yeah, it, great stuff, great stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, God, I suppose we could go on for lots of filmmakers. But oh, we could. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I absolutely agree.
1: OK, do you want to rank these films? Yeah, let's rank them. Let's rank them. Right. Which is your favorite? Uh, number one. I went number two. I knew you would.
2: <laughs>
1: What's your second? Number one.
2: Uh, yes. And my next favorite is number two. So there you go. OK, next one. We're going to tie on number three, right? Yeah. Is that... yeah, yeah.
1: Dream Warriors.
2: Yep. Now, here's where it's going to get funny.
1: <laughs> it's where it twists, yeah. What was your fourth favorite? My fourth was uh, I've got to do it. It's The Dream Master, not Elm Street 4.
2: <laughs> I went with Remake. <laughs> Fucking hell. Come on. Radioactive Dog Piss? Oh, my God. I'd still rather watch that than watch the remake. <laughs> your next one? Uh, my next one was number seven. Oh, New
1: Nightmare? Yeah. Okay. I went with. Freddy's Dead. Number
2: six? Yeah.
1: (sighs) Because I had fun
2: with it. I'm not saying it's better, but I just had fun with it. My sixth one was number four. Okay.
1: And where did I go after Freddy's Dead? I went with
2: part five. Wow. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my uh, number seven was part five.
1: Mine is... Oh, God. Um, New Nightmare.
2: Really? Okay. Yep.
1: Which makes the remake bottom of the pile for me. Yep. The number six was bottom of the pile for me. Yeah. I've got to say, parts five, six, New Nightmare, and the remake are pretty much interchangeable.
2: Yeah, it gets hard to rank crap after You know, now,
1: I could watch these all again in a couple of years and totally reorder those last four. Gotcha. Yeah. On this yeah. occasion, I enjoyed Freddy's Dead more <laughs> out of them four. And as much as I wanted New Nightmare to be the bottom of the pile so I could at least say, oh, I preferred the remake and it's not the bottom of the pile. I just come away from the remake just thinking, why do I put myself through this? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's going to be shit. I really don't want it to be. I want to like it. I want it to suddenly watch it one day and to suddenly have this epiphany and go, ah, it's genius. It's not going to happen. I was going to say, is that ever going to happen? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, well, do you want to do some feedback? Yeah, let's do some feedback. Well, I've got two and you've got one, so shall I do my first one? Sure, fire away. This is from our friend Amanda. Ooh. Made for TV Mayhem. She says, Hi, guys. You're lucky this week. I don't have as much to say about the second half of the Nightmare franchise, so it'll be fairly short. (laughs) Fairly short for Amanda is still about three pages. (laughs) I guess of the remaining films, the only one I really enjoy is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I think when he got meta and did the postmodern thing, he was untouchable. He's certainly throwing everything into the pot here, but it mostly works because he's sort of reclaimed his creation and then took it on a more mature route, which is good since Nightmare 5 and 6 are way too goofy for their own good. I remember seeing an interview with Wes, maybe on Joe Bob Briggs' Monster Vision, where he said he was so excited to be making the film that he couldn't stop smiling. When you watch the scene where he's explaining the Freddy mythology to Heather, you can see he's barely holding back a grin. It looks like he's holding back a turd to me. Also, I think Craven had a lot of on-screen presence for a director. I mean, look at Tarantino and anything. He's not always bad, but he's not that good either. I think Craven looked great and it was fun to see him in the film. P.S. I'm in love with him, as if you couldn't tell. Overall, that's that's Samantha, not me. (laughs) Overall, I just think this is a smart film that takes the series in an interesting direction that was much needed. So, to go back to the much-needed new direction, I'll just quickly say I can't figure out where part five goes wrong for me. It basically has all of the elements of three and four in terms of creative deaths and generally likeable, if not memorable, characters. But it just does not work. The one death that sticks out to me is the one of the guy who's into graphic novels. Like, that should have been really, really good, but it's just so Blair. In some ways, the biggest crime a film can commit is to be Blair. That's true. At least if I hated it, it got an emotion out of me, but part five is just so forgettable. But it's miles above part six, which I don't remember two seconds of, so I'll just say that. Also, my husband met Roseanne Barr, and she raved about being in the film, which is cool and all, but I don't know. It's just not good. In some ways, part of the blame should just go to that era of theatrical horror where gimmicks and cheap over-the-top effects were what was hitting the screen, but the story is weak too. So it's not a part of the theatrical franchise, but do you have any thoughts on Freddy's Nightmares? I rewatched several of them not so long ago and enjoy it, mostly for how late 80s it looks. Like you can almost tell what month they shot an episode in based on the hairstyles. yeah, Scrunchy socks and stonewashed jeans. <laughs> Overall, I think the Nightmare on Elm Street series is good. The first four movies are really enjoyable, the fifth one isn't great but doesn't hurt, and the new Nightmare is wonderfully refreshing. So that's more hits than misses, so I'll take it. Hope you are both well. Amanda.
2: Thank you, Amanda. I think you had more optimism for the later movies than we did.
1: Yeah. uh So Freddy's Nightmares, have you
2: seen any of those?
1: Oh, I've seen loads
2: of them. I've probably seen them all.
1: Yeah, because I used to actually take videotapes down to my aunt weekly and say, can you take Freddy's Nightmares this week when it was on Sky?
2: Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yeah, it's a TV series, if you don't know, it's a TV series from the late 80s, sort of between Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5. Freddie is the host. It started off with the stories being sort of connected to Freddie in some way, but it just sort of teetered off into nonsensical shite after a while. <laughs> if you do think of checking it out, in the UK there is a DVD available with two episodes on it which has got the pilot episode which was directed by Toby Hooper uh, which gives you Freddie's backstory. Uh, and that's pretty good. I actually quite like that. Um, you've got Robert England sort of sort uh, eating up the scenery without the makeup on and playing Freddie. Um, it's good fun and there's also another story on there with Laurie Petty as a she's an athlete and she dreams about Freddy and ends up getting her head chopped off if I remember correctly which is quite good but yeah it's worth checking out if you're in really really want some more Freddy stuff but I wouldn't sort of recommend it but if you can get the pilot episode and see that then he's good
2: they also did uh,
1: Friday the 13th series that was a little bit better that was based on antiques from the camp wasn't it yes yeah, I never saw those. I, I remember the video of it being in the video shop, but it, it just looked crap to me,
2: so I never bothered. Uh, yeah, it's a product of the time. Okay, so yeah.
1: no, Jason, it's not Friday the Thirteenth.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah.
1: At least Freddy's Nightmares had Robert
2: England in it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's antiquity hunters, So yeah, yeah. So yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, do you wanna read your feedback out? Yes, this comes from our good buddy Steve Dinsmore out in California. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello. I understand you guys already recorded your conversation for this episode, but hopefully you can use this feedback somehow. And we will take feedback anytime.
1: No. Send us feedback on anything. We really don't care.
2: Yeah, really. You know. We just
1: want to know somebody's out there.
2: <laughs> so, a Nightmare on Elm Street. As a kid in the '80s, I was scared by this franchise before I ever even saw any of the movies. Freddie was absolutely huge then. I, you know, you get the British point, American points the same way. Yeah. It was everywhere. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince had a nightmare in my street. He (laughs) leered at me from the covers of tabloids at the grocery store. Uh, my friends and I shuddered as our mom drove us past our neighborhood's own Elm, which is really just an avenue. And then Don Dawkins, Dream Warriors video banged my mulleted elementary school head. Well, uh, as Robert England says in
1: in Freddy's Dead, he says, every town has an Elm Street.
2: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And and then a sign goofily pops up. Never mind. Um, Don't mention that. After I had grown up a little, I discovered that the original film is a great horror movie. In fact, it holds up well and is still scary today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The rest of the films are a mixed bag, but they're all fun. Long live Freddy Krueger. Thank you, Steve. I don't know if they're all fun. <laughs> I, I know what he's saying. There is there's an element of, of fun to all of them. Well, you, you went on in that fun part about number six, which I just was shaking my head about. So.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun. in as much as you could laugh at it.
2: Yeah.
1: All right. Go on. Then. Thanks, Steve. I've got one more bit of feedback. This is quite a long one. It's from our friend Blue. Hi, Blue. Hey, Blue. Hey, Blue. Hey, Blue. Hi, but yeah, she's, uh, sent us in some feedback. There's a, there's a correction on the feedback from the last podcast, which she sent in. So I shall read in everything she says and hopefully nobody gets offended. <laughs> that means me, right? Uh, I don't know. No, I, I think <laughs> she was a bit hesitant about sending this in, but I quite, I found it funny. So I'm going to read it out. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, rampant hussy. I mean, blue here, because that's what I called her last time. You rampant hussy, you. <laughs> Blue here with some feedback for your latest episode. Before I start, though, I want to congratulate you both on your last episode, in which, which in my opinion was your best yet. Thanks, Blue. I laughed so hard. Oh, I I laughed so hard I missed some and had to go back and give you another going over. Ooh, and I never felt a thing. Okay, enough of polishing it for you, your ego that is. Let me get stuck into Nightman Elm Street Five. For me, this film has more ups and downs than a hooker's knickers. <laughs> It started off promisingly with a rather nicely shot and lit sex scene and then the acting started which only improved with the end credits the special effects were only marginally better with baby freddie looking like a hillbilly cousin of chucky who I was surprised to see could run like lightning and become an adult faster than the speed of sound within a couple of scenes don't kids grow up fast these days bless his little woolen jumper yes the asylum looked great though it reminded me of a family gathering i went to last year <laughs> And I know I shouldn't, but I actually grinned when the inmates converged on poor Amanda Kruger. I hate nuns and felt not a smidge of sympathy. OK, just a smidge. So my note taking started to dwindle at this point as boredom set in and they only contained the following. Oh, Freddy's in a church. I wonder if he'll be playing with his organ. What sort of motorbike is Dan riding? Uh, it's a Kawasaki, I think. But not really riding. Is it a Crappy? It looked like Jim Henson had created it for the Muppets yeah like i said the the full uncut scene is better greta's mother can fuck off as sh- <laughs> as could the special effect that made greta look like a human hamster yeah that's her who's being force fed by freddy i stopped writing altogether at this point just like i stopped buying any more of the franchise that was until A Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. If I hadn't seen the original film, I would love this. It's well shot, the effects are great, the story is there, and the acting is okay too. I liked how the story made you think Freddie was innocent, but then really wasn't. And we also had a Jesse and a superhero dream warrior. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that bit lets it down, but not as much as Freddy himself. He's about as sinister as a dried out baked potato. If the original films hadn't been made, this would be great, but they have, and it's not, it's just unnecessary. So I give Nightmare 5 two stripy jumpers, and the remake two and a half stripy jumpers, but both with huge gaping holes. I feel as though I did you both a disservice by editing my original Nightmare 2 feedback with Leatherface's chainsaw. So here it is. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. This was the first film in the franchise I saw while round at my boyfriend's place. Not that I actually saw much of it, so when my dad and I went to the video rental shop the next day, I shoved this under his nose. We sat in silence until Jesse started to dance, and I remember my dad saying, Blue, that is why I call Jesse a Jesse, and proceeded to dance like Jesse into the kitchen to get some crisps. (laughs) Yes. I love the scene where Jesse and Freddie come face to face for the first time and Freddie pulls his skin off to reveal a pulsating brain. I love a throbbing head myself, so I really appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) I also appreciated the special effects when the birds attacked, but it does beg the question, was it the cock that exploded? Uh, Yeah, Jesse's cock, I imagine, exploded several times. Now, I remember getting busted by my cookery teacher while getting pissed one evening in a local pub. But she never took me back to school to spank me with a spatula. Naughty Coach Snyder taking Jesse back to school to give him some physical education. But my guess is that with that hungry look on his face before he got more balls thrown at him than he had all night, was that he was hungry for a bit of tight rump steak and was merely tenderizing it, which makes me (laughs) glad that my cookery teacher didn't take me back for lessons in hog roasting.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. You filthy. Yeah.
1: That's a classic. (laughs) I'll get back to spit roasting in a minute, actually. <laughs> I think the script went a bit wrong here. I'm not convinced Coach Snyder would be crying out, no, please, no, while tied up being whipped in the showers. The words more and harder spring to mind, as quoted by my dad. Oh, we'll leave that there. <laughs> I'm also a bit bemused <laughs> by the length of Jesse's tongue. It's obviously made by a special effects man as it was measured in man inches. So <laughs> it's one wonder he sought out Grady in his room on his own. I love the stray cats poster on the wall, which distracted me until I heard the words. There's something trying to get inside my body. Yeah, and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And obviously for me, words like Vaseline and level pegging sprang to mind. Deary me. What can I say about the second pool scene, except no bombing or heavy petting allowed? Oh, too late. But seriously, for a second. Who was it that the kids around the pool saw? Was it Jessie And only we saw Freddy. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. If so, yep. great. Loved it. But did Jesse just walk through a solid fence? If not, then they saw Freddy and it's a bit of bollocks, really, or a mass hallucination. Either way, sort out your bloody script and your continuity. And dogs with human heads utter shit. Stop it. I quite like the girl who played Lisa. She looked a bit like the 80s singer Tiffany and was quite convincing when she thought Jesse had copped it. I know, sweetheart. I loved a Jesse once, too. So bearing all of this in mind and after listening to your review, I have to change my grade. It's still not my favourite, but it's a close second with three stripy jumpers and a spare sleeve out of five. I've rambled on long enough and I look forward to your next instalment. Best wishes, Blue. (laughs) She does make the point, though, actually, which we didn't cover on the remake. They do try to go down the line of uh, making you think that Freddie was
2: innocent. Yes, they do. They cast that
1: doubt. Yeah, and it doesn't work, because if Freddy is potentially innocent, then that makes him a sympathetic character. Oh, God, yes. No, and no, he's I'm definitely guilty. not that. No. So, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go down that route. Thanks, Blue. Um, yeah, quite a lot to take in there. I think you maybe need to speak to somebody about yep. your your childhood experiences.
2: Perhaps we're not the best people
1: to speak to about it,
2: really. No, no not, 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 none of those. Yeah, no.
1: No, no, no so I not. shall be passing your email address on to correct authorities
2: <laughs> yeah
1: so that's it thanks for all your feedback everybody Nightmare on Elm Street done and dusted exactly I think we've given it a thorough going over I enjoyed doing the Freddy ones actually yep I think we gave it a, a good rinsing yeah we will return to Freddy later in the year because we are going to do the Friday the 13th franchise yes def- definitely this year and obviously we'll be covering Freddy versus Jason in that one there why, why did you decide to do it then and not now I was just going to say, because of the numbers of the films, it makes um the Friday the 13th films a nice even three films per show.
2: Oh, OK. I got it.
1: Because there's 12 of them. And then it, it worked out well because then it gave us two shows of four for Elm Street. There's
2: 12 Friday the 13th movies?
1: Yes. Oh, jeez. you got the eight Paramount films. OK. You yep. got Jason Goes to Hell, New Nightmare, The Remake, and Freddy vs. Jason.
2: Rest assured, I've not seen all of those
1: either. I know. I'm looking forward to doing Friday the 13th. I think we'll have uh, quite a bit to say, especially when it gets to those later ones again, like we did here. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: We'll get there later in the year. But we do have a surprise, don't we, Chris? Well, we have a surprise. Should we reveal all of our surprise? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This goes back to my little comment just now about spit roasting. (laughs) Wait, wait. This is gonna be our first ancient slumber spirit roast.
3: God help us all.
1: Because there'll be three of us on the next show. Yes. That's all I mean. There will be there will be. <laughs> I don't know who's going in the middle, but perhaps we can take turns. But on the next show we have a special guest. Yes. Yeah. Yes we did.
3: Yes. We did.
1: <laughs> well we did, we're probably not gonna bother now. But <laughs> yes. If not, it will just be the two of us. But no, next time we have a special guest from the Trilogy of Terrar podcast. Mr. Gore
2: Blimey is going to join us. Yes, we are excited. We are excited. And what films are we covering, Myron? Those are less exciting. We're covering the Human Centipede 1, 2, and
1: 3. We are doing the Human Centipede Trilogy with Mr. Gore Blimey. It has the potential to be very rude. Yes. Yeah, Gore's going to join us on the next show to talk about some Mouth to ours <laughs> action as is in the film. (laughs) Not my words.
2: Right. You're right. You passed out. Oh, God. You know, what a movie has to say, 100% medically correct. You know, you're just in for a long slide downhill. It may be medically correct, but is it psychologically correct? I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, we thought we'd do those three with gore because the subject matter, the banter we have with each other, it's going to be fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I don't know where he stands on these films because I've never spoken to him about them. So I've asked him to pick out A Good, A Bad, and Ugly. Oh, sweet. So uh, he'll be joining us in that. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun show. So show
2: 25 will be our first Ancient Slumber spit roast. Yep. And I I promise I'm going to go watch all the human centipedes again. I've seen them, Mm -hmm. joked and talked about them before, but I am going to suck it up and go watch them again. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna sit through them again because just because i think it's good manners i've only watched the, th- the third one once and that was when i first got it so i can't remember much about it so yeah i'm gonna go back and re-watch them i have them on blu-ray <laughs> a, uh,
2: I, i'm gonna go watch them on one of the free streaming services uh
1: yeah oh uh, yeah if anyone wants to watch along they are actually on uh, uk netflix as well so Good, good. There you go. As I'm sure I don't know if Blue's in them, I'm sure she's bound to get in on some of that action. <laughs> no doubt we'll hear about it. Anyway, till next time. <laughs> yeah. If Myron's not still laughing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Brilliant. That was Elm Street. We're done. Human Centipede next time with God Blind Me. We'll be back then. Cheers. Bye.
4: that you got me what game do you want to play next fuck you Ooh, sounds like fun it's a little fast for me <laughs>
1: One more bit of feedback, this is quite a long one it's from our friend Blue, hi Blue, hey Blue hey Blue, hey, Blue. hang on I'm just going to call it up there, sorry lost it. Yeah. hi Blue, yeah, she's uh, sent us in some feedback there's a bit of a correction on her feedback from the last film uh, The last. Okay. sorry, there's a correction on the feedback from the last podcast which she sent in, so I shall read in everything she says and hopefully nobody gets offended
2: <laughs> that means me, right
1: uh, I don't know. No, I think she was a bit <laughs> hesitant about sending this in, but I quite—I found it funny, so I'm going to read it out. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Rampant Hussy. I mean, Blue here, because that's what I called her last time. You Rampant Hussy, you. Blue here with some feedback for your latest episode. Before I start, though, I want to congratulate you both on your last episode, in which, which in my opinion, was your best yet. Thanks, Blue. I laughed so oh, hard. Thank you. On, i I laughed so hard I missed some and had to go back and give you another going over. Oh, and I never felt a thing. Okay, enough of polishing it for you, your ego that is. Let me get stuck into Night Run Elm Street 5. For me, this film has more ups and downs than a hooker's knickers. (laughs) It started off promisingly with a rather nicely shot and lit sex scene, and then the acting started, which only improved with the end credits. The special effects were only marginally better, with baby Freddy looking like a hillbilly cousin of Chucky who I was surprised to see could run like lightning and become an adult faster than the speed of sound within a couple of scenes. Don't kids grow up fast these days? Bless his little woollen jumper. Yes. The asylum looked great, though. It reminded me of a family gathering I went to last year. (laughs) And I know I shouldn't, but I actually grinned when the inmates converged on poor Amanda Kruger. I hate nuns and felt not a smidge of sympathy. OK, just a smidge. So my note taking started to dwindle at this point as boredom set in and they only contained the following. Oh, Freddy's in a church. I wonder if he'll be playing with his organ. Meow. <laughs> what sort of motorbike is Dan riding? Uh, it's a Kawasaki, I think. But not really riding. Is it a Kawakrappy? It looked like Jim Henson had created it for the Muppets. Yeah, like I said, the the full uncut scene is better. Greta's mother can fuck off, as she, <laughs> as could the special effect that made Greta look like a human hamster. Yeah, that's her who's being force-fed by Freddy. I stopped writing altogether at this point, just like I stopped buying any more of the franchise. That was until... A Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. If I hadn't seen the original film, I would love this. It's well shot, the effects are great, the story is there, and the acting is okay too. I liked how the story made you think Freddy was innocent, but then really wasn't, and then we also also had a Jesse and a superhero dream warrior. Yeah, okay, that bit lets it down, but not as much as Freddy himself. He's about as sinister as a dried-out baked potato. If the original films hadn't been made, this would be great, but they have, and it's not, it's just unnecessary. You still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. I've just noticed a big fucking typo in that. Are you okay? It's Have right. you had a
3: stroke?
1: No, it's Blue sent that to me, and then she sent it through again because there was a massive typo okay. where she put the wrong thing down, and I've just read from the wrong one. So I'm going to carry on. I'm going to start that paragraph again. <laughs> this is going to be one fuck of an editing job for me, you know, right. That's priceless. Yeah. I think she was pissed when she sent it through and she sent the wrong. (laughs) It's a bit about Jesse in that last paragraph. Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right. A Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. If I hadn't seen the original film, I would love this. It's well shot. The effects are great. The story is there and the acting is okay too. I liked how the story made you think Freddie was innocent, but then really wasn't. And we also had a Jess. No, fuck me. She's done it again. Start again. If I hadn't seen the original film... I think you should leave all this in. Yeah, I'm going to fucking If I hadn't seen the original film, I would love this. It's well shot, the effects are great, the story is there, and the acting is okay too. I liked how the story made you think Freddy was innocent, but then really wasn't. And we also had a Jesse and a superhero dream warrior. And we didn't. <laughs> yeah, okay, that bit lets it down, but not as much as Freddy himself. He's about as sinister as a dried out baked potato. If the original films hadn't been made, this would be great, but they have, and it's not, it's just unnecessary. So I give Nightmare 5 two stripy jumpers, and the remake two and a half stripy jumpers, but both with huge gaping holes. I feel as though I did you both a disservice by editing my original Nightmare 2 feedback with Leatherface's chainsaw. So here it is. A Nightmare Elm Street 2. This was the first film in the franchise I saw while round at my boyfriend's place. Not that I actually saw much of it. So when my dad and I went to the video rental shop the next day, I shoved this under his nose. We sat in silence until Jesse started to dance. And I remember my dad saying, Blue, that is why I call Jesse a Jesse. And proceeded to dance like Jesse into the kitchen to get some crisps. Yes. I love the scene where Jesse and Freddie come face to face for the first time and Freddie pulls his skin off to reveal a pulsating brain. I love a throbbing head myself, so I really appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) I also appreciated the special effects when the birds attacked, but it does beg the question, was it the cock that exploded? Uh, Yeah, Jesse's cock, I imagine, exploded several times. Now, I remember getting busted by my cookery teacher while getting pissed one evening in a local pub, but she never took me back to my house to... Sorry, but she never took me back to school to spank me with a spatula. Naughty Coach Snyder taking Jesse back to school to give him some physical education, but my guess is that with that hungry look on his face before he got more balls thrown at him than he had all night, was that he was hungry for a bit of tight rump steak and was merely tenderizing it. Which makes me glad that my cookery teacher didn't take me back for lessons in hog roasting.
2: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you yeah. filthy Yeah. That's I a
1: think... classic <laughs> I'll get back to spit roasting in a minute, actually. <clears throat> I think the script went a bit wrong here. I'm not convinced Coach Snyder would be crying out, no, please, no, while tied up being whipped in the showers. The words more and harder spring to mind, as quoted by my dad. Oh, God. We'll leave that there. <laughs> I'm also a bit bemused by the length <laughs> of Jesse's tongue. It's obviously made by a special effects man as it was measured in man inches. So it's <laughs> if it wonder he sought out Grady in his room on his own. I love the stray cats poster on the wall, which distracted me until I heard the words. There's something trying to get inside my body. Yeah. And she's waiting for you in the cabana. And obviously for me, words like Vaseline and level pegging sprang to mind. Deary me. What can I say about the second pool scene except no bombing or heavy petting allowed? Oh, too late. But seriously, for a second. Who was it that the kids around the pool saw? Was it Jesse? And only we saw Freddy. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. If so... Yep. Great, loved it, but did Jesse just walk through a solid fence? If not, then they saw Freddy, and it's a bit bollocks, really. Or a mass hallucination. Either way, sort out your bloody script and your continuity. And dogs with human heads, utter shit. Stop it. I quite like the girl who played Lisa. She looked a bit like the 80s singer Tiffany, and was quite convincing when she thought Jesse had copped it. I know, sweetheart, I loved her Jesse once too so bearing all of this in mind and after listening to your review I have to change my grade it's still not my favourite but it's a close second with three stripy jumpers and a spare sleeve out of five I've rambled on long enough and I look forward to your next instalment best wishes blue <laughs> fucking hell we got there in the end didn't we
3: yeah we did <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, he's going to call and cancel if you're not careful. I know. I'll I'll cut that out. (laughs)